First Corinthians chapter 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given this one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Thank you, Justin. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, whew, let's take a minute and think about this, which we have just heard. Just as a body has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Jesus Christ. The body has many parts, but it's one body. There's no doubt that people over the years of the Christian tradition have had a lot to say about bodies. Each week here at Root and Branch, we practice communion and we say these kind of weird things about this is our body and we pass bread around and we say things like we're sharing the body of Christ or perhaps we might even say things like we're being the body of Christ. And it's not just during communion that Christians have thought about bodies. It's actually been a huge debate in the Christian tradition for centuries, literally centuries. People used to fight and really just go at it and they're writing about this. Um, talk about bodies is central to the Christian tradition. And in fact, Paul, who was the person who wrote those words that Justin just read, um, one of the first apostles in the Christian tradition, um, apostle, teacher, sharer of the tradition, um, actually in all of his letters, he wrote a number from the New Testament just can't seem to stop talking about bodies. He's like just talking about them in all these different ways. He's concerned, he's anxious. And in the letter um, to the Corinthians, which is what we heard today, Paul is worried about a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that has something to do with bodies. He's worried about strife and he's worried about conflict in Corinth. Um, his letter makes clear that this community was really in the midst of some trouble. It was, uh, in Corinth, there was, some there was lots of jealousy among um, the people in the church there. There was chaos. People were getting drunk during communion and they were coming, some were eating, like to just gorging, and some were not eating at all. And he's really concerned. Paul is really concerned about the way that these people, these bodies are treating each other. Um, and something that's often associated with Paul and his writings, and something that I think we misinterpret um, today in our modern society is Paul's writing about sexuality. He writes about sexuality a lot. And I think that for us to understand what he's so concerned about with sexuality, with drunkenness, with the way that we present our bodies in public, is that we need to understand these centuries-old debate about bodies, about how bodies relate to souls, how bodies relate to spirit, how bodies relate to, to sin and to salvation. Um, and so for us to understand this text that uses body as a central metaphor, we're gonna have to do some reflection. And I think that that reflection 
ought to begin with something personal. It ought to begin um, with something that we know really intimately, something that we can't get away from, and that's our bodies. So let us begin thinking about our actual like physical body right here in this room that just ate dinner, um, that's sitting with people you know well, people you don't know so well, but your body. And let me be honest, bodies are not something that I'm comfortable with. <laughs> like, a, a, so uncomfortable. Um, looking back, it's really hard for me to uh, make sense of this, but I took dance class for 10 years. Um, it just sounds like a dream, like a distant dream, because uh, that experience for me was terrible. Um, my mom's always said that I have an old soul, but I think I also have an old body. <laughs> and like literally when I was just five or six years old, like a, you know, a small kid, I couldn't reach over and bend my toes and like touch my toes. And it was like very traumatic for me because other kids could do that. Um, and there's videos of me at dance recitals just like awkwardly like doing my thing, falling, like I literally fall over at one point. Um, <laughs> And so just something about bodies, about this memory of dance class where I'm wearing like sparkles and feathers, it's just everything about it is like my body and I, I just don't want to deal with it. Um, and so all this is to say that bodies are not really my favorite topic. They're not my comfort zone. And for a long time, I thought that that was fine. Actually, I was getting along fine with it. I was uh, focusing on school. I was focusing on my mind. I was focusing on essential parts of myself and parts of all of us. Um, but part of that was to the exclusion of something central to being a human, my body. And only recently, in the past literally couple months, actually some of my experiences here at Root and Branch have helped me with this, um, is I'm realizing that there's something about our body that's central to the most important stuff in life. The stuff of forgiveness, the stuff of love, the stuff of hope. The stuff of life itself has something to do with bodies. So we're gonna have to deal with them. I'm gonna have to deal with them. Um, and I actually am pretty comfortable in saying that most of us in this room, as products of modern American society, also st struggle with understanding and relating to our bodies. We inherit this struggle from the media, we inherit it from our families, and something that I think is like a real travesty is that we inherit it from our churches. Um, we live in a society where um, we, we inherited this theological tradition from our puritanical forebears um, and the Calvinistic theology before them in which um, bodies were understood basically as secondary to the soul. And, um, and with that also, they were kind of an obstacle to the soul. The bodies was a thing to be overcome, a thing um, that we have to kind of get past in order to get to the good stuff, to get to the soul. Um, and I think that's really harmed us. I think it's made it difficult for us to um, make peace with our bodies, but not only to make peace with our bodies, but to see how they are essential to understanding something about God. Um, and for all the ills that have come with that, there's, there's still some hope. Um, because the Christian tradition, along with all of its misinterpretations and its difficult stuff, um, and it's weird and mad manifestations also has some really helpful resources um, to help us live in our bodies. And that's the um, hope that I'm hoping to share tonight is that we can find um, some of these theological traditions that help us to live in our bodies in a more life-giving way. And so to explore this further, let's return to the Paul's passage that we um, heard from Justin out of Corinthians. I'm just gonna read it again um, 
And I, as, as I read it, I invite you to kind of like, if I mention your foot, like feel your foot or something, <laughs> like if that helps you. Um, it sounds hokey, but I think it'll work. Um, now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If, we were all, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. It's a really beautiful part of the Bible. And it's actually a favorite, um, I think, from many churches. Probably many of us have heard it before. It's interesting because I think it's a favorite of both kind of, there's this uh, tendency maybe to think of like conservative and progressive churches. And I think it might be a favorite of both. I think for progressive liberal churches, it's often interpreted as um, this kind of hippy-dippy uh, platitude that we're just kind of all different and we accept each other and it all works out for the good, like some sort of kind of basic multicultural message. Um, and for more um, conservative churches, I think it's often utilized as kind of a way of talking about right order. Like the hand does a particular thing, the foot does a particular thing, women do particular things, men do particular things, like that sort of logic. And you know what? I think both of those interpretations are kind of right to some extent, but also kind of wrong. And by kind of right, I mean, it's good to have social order and it's good to accept people who are different than you. Um, but the problem, I believe, with these interpretations is that they're actually missing the point altogether. Um, because the point is, is that doing the right thing, being the right way, or accepting someone who's different than you is really difficult. If it wasn't difficult, then our society wouldn't be so crazy. We wouldn't be struggling in the ways that we're struggling. Um, Paul wouldn't have had to even write this letter. Uh, we wouldn't have to be here in church. It if it were difficult, we wouldn't have to talk about it all the time. And so what can our bodies tell us about the difficulties that we're facing in terms of living with one another, in terms of figuring out the right thing to do? I think in order for us to answer that question, we're gonna have to understand um, this text from the Bible, not with our minds, but with our bodies. And that is a really difficult thing for us, I think in the society and maybe just in general to do. Um, but for us to understand this, uh, this passage, I think we're actually gonna have to let our bodies talk, if that makes sense. Um, and just a quick note, this is actually something that's been a somewhat like recent and powerful development in philosophy, is the idea that our bodies can actually perceive, our bodies can think, our bodies have knowledge. Um, and there's a whole school of philosophy, this guy, Merleau-Ponty, if anybody wants to talk about it, it's pretty cool. But it kind of changes everything if we think about this passage from the Corinthians um, in terms of what we can understand about how hard it is to have a body. Um, because when we read this passage with the knowledge from our bodies, um, we see the hard truth that things aren't so easy, that even, um, even when our bodies are working together for the good, our bodies are also a, a thing that limits our control. 
we all know this, those times when you just want to stay up a couple more hours to work or to read, but you can't. Your body limits you. You have to go to sleep. Or those times when you have a chronic back pain or leg pain and you just have to lie down even though you really need to be doing other things. Our bodies teach us this difficult lesson in life that we're not always in control. And that sometimes what our foot needs and like what our mind needs is different. And that they're all one, but somehow in conflict. Or like those times when um, our taste buds just want more food, but our stomach actually needs more time for digestion. And these things all exist at the same time in the same body. Like life itself, this is a confusing reality. It's not just easy. Um, even though we're all existing in one body, there's internal conflict and strife. And we know that this is true in our relationships. We know that we're intimately connected with the people here in this church or with our family members um, and that we're all separate. And yet we also know that, um, that we're affecting one another and that what I need might be different than what you need or what I feel um, that you would like me to do is different than what you would like me to do. And yet we're connected. Paul's wisdom is that separate bodies are one body, hand, foot, are together, but separate. And with that, things are messy and things are difficult. So no wonder then that we as humans are struggling with pride or boasting or disorder and the people in Corinth were struggling with pride and boasting and disorder. Because the wisdom that our body tells us is that even though things might can and in fact have to work together for the good, Doing so is always a process of negotiation, of give and take, and sometimes we get it wrong. And without this recognition, we miss out on the opportunity to grow, to ponder how difficult it is to, um, to do the right thing sometimes, or how hard it is uh, when I have these needs and I'm overpowering my friend or my coworker um, and not letting their bodies, their needs speak to us fully. Ultimately, our bodies are complex, and our bodies are messengers. This idea that bodies are messengers, um, I think, is a really powerful one. Our bodies send us all kinds of messages. They tell us when we're hungry, when we're in a safe situation, when we're sad. Um, for me, sadness often feels like I'm tired, uh, but I feel it in my body. And so I think perhaps the most visceral and immediate uh, message that we often hear from our bodies is about pain. Um, we all know what physical pain feels like. We remember, um, I remember this time when I was in third grade, I um, smushed my finger in a door and uh, had to get stitches and um, broken bones. And the thing about these kinds of experiences of, of pain is that in our bodies is that we recognize that pain requires our attention. You can't ignore physical pain. Um, that when we're experiencing pain in our body and something hurts, you have to become aware of it, and you, have to teach, and you have to deal with it. The experiences of pain in our body is that um, it requires our awareness. Um, and so it's this odd thing that there's these pains that are in our body, and there's these pains that are outside. Um, and it's so much easier to ignore the pains outside of our body, to ignore the pains of a broken relationship, the pains of um, someone saying something to you that hurts, the pains of societal um, injustice, racial strife. Um, but the wisdom that Paul has taught us in this passage today is that these um, pains that are not physical 
become physical. We can feel them in our bodies because we, through in the church, um, have come together as one body. And, um, and that makes a lot of sense, is that if we're so intimately connected, if we are hand and foot and um, brain and mind all separate together, then we can feel the other person's pain. And um, that, that hurts, and we have to deal with it in this kind of the similar sorts of ways that we might feel um, the physical pain in our foot. And so the, um, and that's kind of a sad and difficult reality. And, but I think that there's some wisdom and some solace in seeing that for what it is. Um, if we can listen to the wisdom that, uh, and just the body knowledge that we have that when something hurts, you have to deal with it, it might actually help us to deal compassionately with these pains that are not um, so, so immediate. Um, if we have a broken leg, we would never say, oh, whatever, I'm fine, I'll just ignore it and act like it's not there and walk it off. Um, we wouldn't do this because it wouldn't work. Like, it just wouldn't work. Some of us know this um, <laughs> from immediate experience. But that's such a, um, that's such a, such a temptation with pains that are not so immediately in our body. Um, and that's kind of an odd thing when we listen to what we know through our physical experience. Because what we know through our physical experience is that when a pain is there, it requires attention, it requires love, and it requires care. And I think that is something that we can um, kind of learn from using this metaphor of the body as a um, as that which teaches us about ourselves. Um, it teaches us that when something has gone wrong, there's such a temptation to run away from it, but that the, the way to deal with it is to kind of look at it. Um, and I think our bodies, as much as they're messengers of pain, are also messengers of God's goodness. Um, it's common in the Buddhist tradition to, kind, to uh, meditate and use practices of um, kind of focusing on your breath or feeling the dependability of your heartbeat or the vitality of blood um, throwing through your veins as kind of a, a centering process, as something to bring you back to what is really there. And I think we can really feel that um, in our bodies. And so in that way, even as our bodies are a, a way for us to understand the pains that we experience, they're also a place for us to experience the, um, the love of God. Um, and there's so many metaphors in the Christian tradition that uh, about kind of God as, stab as stability, God as rock. There's a lot of these in the, um, in the Psalms. And so our bodies can be a place where we experience both the love of God and the difficulty of being human all in the same location, all mixed up in, in ourselves. And that's really realistic. That's how it is in the world. Um, and so all this is to say that once we listen to our bodies, it's really no wonder that the uh, Christian tradition has had so much to say about bodies over the course of centuries. Um, because actually, in particular, Paul, who was the author of today's text and the author of so many other Christian texts, um, knew a lot about the ambiguity of bodies, knew a lot about the ambiguity of life, and that's a lot what we're discussing in the Christian tradition. And in fact, um, Many modern historians believe that Paul had epilepsy and that he suffered from serious seizures um, and that these, mis and there's some textual evidence, in fact, that these, uh, these seizures were 
critical to Paul's um, understanding of the gospel. There's this, uh, the story of Paul receiving the gospel on Damascus Road, um, and that when that happened, he fell over. And there's a place in one of Paul's other letters, um, in the letter of Galatians, where he writes, um, you know, you know that it was because of a physical infirmity that I first announced the gospel to you. Though my condition put you to the test, you did not scorn and despise me, but you welcomed me as an angel of God. Let's hear this again. It was because of the physical infirmity that I first announced the gospel to you. There's something right, in the, right there, Paul, one of the first Christians, who's using something that happened in his body as a place um, that reveals something about God, something about pain that reveals something about God. Um, and that's that in that pain, it's really, it's a difficult thing, um, but that in these places of brokenness, in these places of um, hurt, uh, we can find the good news of God. They can point us in that direction. And this is a difficult and scary um, thing, to, thing to do at times, but I think it's true. Um, and it's something that we can work on and trust in and um, I think through these kinds of focuses, um, we can one day find God's love in the midst of, of pain and of suffering. And I feel that in the stability, but also the pain of our body, we'll learn more um, about God and God's love. And I think that this is a good thing. And I hope that we can process it more um, in this community. Um, so now we will have some group discussion. Um, so I think it might be best if we do an all group discussion. Um, and so the first question I have is, um, what are kind of your primary ways of understanding? Um, guys, I'm, I'm really nervous. Um, <laughs> of understanding, um, the hurt um, in your lives, or what are the, the places where you've experienced um, strife, uh, relational strife, um, your hand wanting to do one thing, your foot wanting to do another, and how did you um, deal with that, and how um, could we do that better? <laughs> 